Hello there. What you're about to listen to is a snippet from the first Bible study session led by Evangelist Sarah Emmanuel. These Bible study sessions aim to guide and establish us all in fruitful, practical Christian living. You can join us for the Bible study every Wednesday at 8pm UK time on Zoom. The meeting details are as follows. Zoom ID 823-293-7209. The passcode is LIVINGWORD with a capital L and a capital W. We hope to see you there. Take care and God bless. We're righteous children of God. We dwell on Christ's righteousness. However, Job, this man, but we can't be as blameless as Job was because we're actually commanded to be blameless. We must have a clear conscience that in all things, we honor God with our lives, in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. We have that responsibility. It is not enough to say I've been saved by grace. Christ's righteousness has been imputed to me. So it's okay. It doesn't matter how I live. It matters how you live. It absolutely matters how we live. So now, um, God said, make that testimony of Job before Satan. Look, the man is blameless. He loves God and shuns evil. Do we love God enough to shun evil all the time? Because I tell you one thing, um, evil is very attractive, very, very attractive and very easy to do. It's easier to live um, in evil ways than to live in godly ways. Absolutely. And so Satan then replied, God, verse 9, from verse 9, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands, so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and it will surely curse you to your face. So Satan was the one who um, instigated this trial that uh, Job had. I mean, we say Satan instigated it. It may have been that God also wanting to show the fullness of his holiness and grace and through through Job also, because let's understand that it was God who actually said to Job, uh, to, to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? You know, so there we have that. And what then subsequently happened was God said, okay, Satan, I give you permission to try him, but do not lay a hand on his life. We need to remember that. Always remember the word of God. This is why we need to know the word of God. Many Christians or professing Christians are walking around defeated already. They spend all their lives hiding from enemies uh, and running from enemies. The tragedy is they don't even run to the one who can deliver them. They run to fellow men like themselves, a prophet who can deliver or a pastor who can deliver or a bishop who can deliver. Nobody can deliver you from a thing. Only God can. So now people run to men. Job rather sat patiently waiting for God. He lost everything, everything. He was a very wealthy man. He lost all his wealth, all his flock. And worst, the worst of it is he lost his 10 children, 10 children. He lost the 10 children in one day, in one moment. And he lost everything else he had. And this does happen to people. I mean, I don't know anyone who has suffered as much of a loss as Job from what we read. And then he lost even his health. You know, he was suffering poor health as well. Everything, everything went wrong. His world, you know, somersaulted. His world turned upside down, inside out, belly up in, uh, in one day, in a moment. And he was walking faithfully with God. 
Satan said, take all these things from him and he will curse you, telling God he will curse you to your face. Job never did. Why didn't Job, why didn't we react like most of us would if that happened to us today? Or most of us would have, or as man would have expected. Because Job knew God. He, he understood the, the might of God. He understood the sovereignty of God. He understood the holiness of God. He understood the goodness of God. And this is exactly how we should be for you and I. We will suffer all kinds of losses in different ways. In different ways. Could be financial. Could be bereavement. Could be our health. Could be our business. Could be our work. Could be our marriage. Could be anything. Could be our very lives. People are daily being killed for being Christians, daily, as we speak. They have been, they are still being killed, and there will still be more. I don't know. Some crazy guy may pick me up tomorrow and decide because my Christian decided to cut my head off. I don't know. But we, <laughs> are these things enough to separate us from God? Because we know that Paul the Apostle said in chapter 8 of um of Romans, that what can separate us from, from the life of God? And he, he, he listed quite a few things. We're going to get to that as well at some point. He listed quite a few other uh, conditions, adverse conditions. You know, actually, we might as well read it because we are in Bible study anyway. So we might as well read that. And it's Romans 8 from verse 31. <clears throat> what then shall we say in response to all this? in response to what he was saying before about our election, which we are going to come to uh, when we talk about knowing the grace we have received in Christ, what then shall we say in response to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not um, spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, along with his son, that is, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died. More than that, who was raised to life. is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who saved us, who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Nothing should be able to separate us. But you'd be surprised that many people are separated from Christ because of these very things. In very in different ways, people are separated from Christ because of earthly situations. People will say the pastor let them down, the pastors abused them, and so you know they stop going to church or they change their religion, they say. People who say God has let them down. Now, let's understand one thing. Pastor may have let you down. Prophet or whoever may have let you down. God never lets anybody down. He doesn't owe us a thing. God never lets anyone down. Whatever God has said he will do, he can do and will do. The reason people feel disappointed is because they've taken the words of man over and above the words of God. They have gone and believed pastor's lies 
and then they say they're promises from God. No, they're not. They're not. I mean, we, we're the first week of a new year. I have been reading and hearing a lot of nonsense that comes forth from people supposedly speaking for God. God said, this is your year of divine turnaround. God said, this is your year of uncommon breakthrough. God said, you will suffer no sickness in your family this year. God said, there will be no death in your family this year. God said, all your enemies will die this year. God said, um, this year, your finances are going to take a phenomenal uprising. God said, this year is opening the vaults of, the, of heaven's bank to you. And they say they are speaking from God. They're not speaking from God. God does not make stupid promises like that about our canal, carnality. God does. He has, there's no way he has told us that we will not see illnesses. We will not see trials. I said much earlier when we began that we've been told that in this world, we will have trouble. Jesus, the very words of our Lord, our Savior himself, in this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So all those people who feel an obligation to say things and make promises they call prophecies, lies that they call prophecies, and do that and say them in the name of God. And so when the year ends, or as the year progresses, a person who has been told that, you know, there'll be no suffering in your, in your family this year, no tears, no, then they lose a husband or lose a wife or lose a child or lose their job or have an accident and lose a leg or something, they then become annoyed at God. God didn't make those promises. Your pastor made those promises. But the trouble is people don't go back and hold these men and women accountable for their lives. No, they're too timid to, too afraid to. But then they will you know, shake their fists up at God because he, he let them down and he caused them tears and he caused them sorrow. It's, um, there's a lot that is wrong today. And the reason, uh, and people are being misled. And so we have a lot of discontent Christians. Christians are supposed to live content lives. We're supposed to be happy, joyful, peaceful people who feel fulfilled at every point in time. I don't have to be the CEO of a company to be fulfilled. I don't need to be a celebrity to feel fulfilled. I don't need to own houses and lands to feel fulfilled. What is the object of our affection? What is the purpose of our living? Why are we here? These are the questions we're going to uh, um, answer over time as we study, because the reason people are the way they are, the world is in is the way it is. The reason the world is suffering, I mean, if anyone thinks COVID-19 is a big disaster that's happened, it's a very minor disaster in comparison to what is to come in a world that is gonna continue in a sinfulness because the world is gonna continue in a sinfulness. And how do I know that? Because the word of God says so. Men, men, Mankind is too steeped in its evil, too steeped, too sunken in its wicked ways to change. And every day and every time they're trying to devise more ways of taking God out of the equation of existence. So you see, worse things are going to come up on the world. We may not be here. The prayer is that we won't be here when they do come up. But if we are, we know that God will be with us. He is preserving us. We should not be terrified of death. Because we have a greater promise. We need to understand those things, the things that people are terrified of, afraid of hunger, afraid of uh, not owning things or not having things or losing things. All this sort of fears should not occur in the lives of believers. 
we have a lot to talk about and a lot to cover, but this is just an introduction as to why we need Bible study. It is so important. We cannot survive in this life without it. People tend to think they are, but this we find that people shuttle or, or, or shuffle rather through life without the word of God. We cannot live triumphantly in this world without the word of God. We cannot see the fullness of the word of God come to life in us without obedience. That's where most people fail. It's one thing hearing the word. It's one thing reading the Bible. But um, it's one thing saying, you know, quoting the Bible even, as many do. But until you're walking in obedience to what it says, you cannot bear fruit. Without bearing fruit, you are not pleasing to God. And in fact, your salvation is questionable. It really is, <laughs> you know. So next time, we've had these problems today. Um, oh, next week, we shall start on time by the grace of God and have more time to examine our scriptures in more detail, you know, look in more detail um, into what the few scriptures have given today and um, explore the importance and purpose of Bible study. It's not so we can fish out where the blessings are pronounced. And it's not so I can show my knowledge of being able to quote the Bible. We have got professors, you know, in Christian seminaries who teach the Bible from cover to cover with precision. They teach what it says, that is. They do not practice what it says. We have got many bishops and pastors and so-called prophets who stand around on pulpits everywhere, misleading people and quoting the scriptures. So that's not the issue. That is not the big deal. Let's not forget that Satan himself, in his attack on our Lord Jesus Christ, Satan quoted the scriptures. But it's not about your ability to quote the scripture, but your ability to live by the scripture, for the scriptures, in the scriptures. In other words, like I said, the slogan I used at the beginning, living in the word, for the word, by the word, which is Christ Jesus, the word being Christ Jesus. So we will explore that next week and, um, you know, the importance and purpose of Bible study, the, our approach, what our approach must be, because that's another thing. That's where we, be, that is where it could be the beginning of the end for us, or it could be the beginning of our victory. Our approach to Bible study, our aim, what, what exactly do we want to achieve? with the Bible study and what, you know, the discipline we must have with in Bible study and the result we should expect in Bible study, you know. So we're gonna look into those in greater detail next week. Today I will end it here and give room if uh, anyone's got questions that, um, you know, you need answered about anything I've said so far. I'm hoping I didn't sound too much like it was a sermon because it's not supposed to be a sermon. <laughs> Sermons are, are in um, on Spotify, Fleece My Sheep. You can find them oh, on YouTube, Fleece My Sheep, or um, Apple, Apple Podcast, Fleece My Sheep. That's a question I'm always asking, Fleece My Sheep, because that's not the command of the Lord. The question is, you know, uh, the command of the Lord is to feed the sheep. So uh, someone's just got a hand up. Okay, ask, um, unmute yourself so that you can ask your question. Um, so you know when you said Job lost his kids? Lost his kids. His children, yes. Yes, what about it? Um, why and how did he lose them? They died. 
they were all um, in, uh, they were all having a party in, in the eldest son's house and a calamity came upon them, you know, the house crashed and they all died. But I God allowed that to happen. Satan was the one who did it, but God allowed it to happen because God was able, and he did, was able to restore Job. He gave him more children than that, than he lost initially. And, um, you know, it was to prove a point that Job was faithful to God, and he was faithful to the end of all his difficult times. So we must be willing, the lesson we learn from Job is we must be willing to let anything go for God and remain faithful in spite of it all. Anyone else? Any other questions? No? We all happy? Good. So, uh, well, let's end with a word of prayer. We should have started with one, but I was so dis I was so discombobulated when I <laughs> when we began. I forgot to pray because I didn't expect all the near disaster that happened at the start. But never mind. I'll sort it all out before the next time we're here. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity we have had to discuss about you, to talk about you and how to honor you with our lives. We thank you, Father, for your word which you've given us. It is such an amazing blessing. Yes, he gave us your word. He became incarnate, became flesh for our redemption. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for that amazing thing you did, coming down to dwell amongst us and unclean and unworthy people, going to the cross for us, and we give you glory for your resurrection. Thank you for the forgiveness we have received in you. Thank you for the salvation we have received. Lord, we thank you for our adoption as children of God. We thank you for all the blessings that come with that. Blessings too numerous to count. Blessings that you have fully given us, but we are yet to realize them. And we will, by your grace, if you give, continue to strengthen us, Lord, we pray, that we may walk in obedience. Father, as we embark on this journey of studying your word so that we may live for you as we ought to, bringing glory to you and to the, our Father who is in heaven, we pray, Father, for wisdom, for knowledge and understanding from all, uh, for all of us, I who speak, and all who listen and will ask questions that may, you know, things they want to know about the faith, about your love for us and our love for you. Father, increase us in this and um, bless us all, oh Lord, as we listen and bless us with the strength, the power to obey, to walk with you, to understand what it is to love you because you first loved us. Help us, Father, to love you as we ought to love you to obey you as we ought to. Help us to grow in Christ-likeness. For for this very reason, you gave your only begotten son for our sakes. So Lord Jesus, help us to model ourselves after you. Let your beauty be seen in us, Lord. Let your life be seen in us. May we be fruitful children before you, because for this reason you saved us. May our lives be to the glory of your praise, O Lord, we pray. Thank you, Lord, for who you are, for always being with us and always being for us. We give you all the glory. And until the next time we come together like this, Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you be with each and every one of us. May your peace and your joy remain upon each person. We ask this, Lord Jesus, to the glory of your great name. Amen. As a reminder, if you would like to join the Zoom meetings on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. UK time, that Zoom ID is 823-293-7209 and the passcode is Living Word with a capital L and a capital W.
Thank you. God bless.